1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Feels like there's been a lot of division back and forth as to whether or not the 49ers lost the Super Bowl or the Kansas City Chiefs won. The Super Bowl. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 We are going to open the phones here shortly on that topic and also on the topic that we began the show with, and that was simply based around the idea that the 49ers did not know what the rules were? Do you believe that Kyle Shanahan knew what the overtime rules were? 888-SAY-ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Really? Did you know what the rules were going into overtime? Because, I mean, I don't know that it was explained that great in the moment either. But, Joe, when I ask you that very question, did the 49ers lose the Super Bowl or did the Chiefs win it? What do you think? Oh, the Niners lost it.
2: Niners absolutely lost it. Niners came out with an excellent plan early. Niners the, the the Kyle Shanahan, he loses the game, so no one's gonna talk about it. Going forward on fourth down in the second half is very anti-Shanahan. He was playing aggressive, he was playing to win. He dialed up the opening script of his life. They did everything they could to give that game away. I
0: think Evan Evan at the moment texted us and said, Kyle Campbell. (laughs) Yeah,
2: he was getting aggressive. He was doing what needed to be done to win the game. He went for it. I mean, here are some scenarios to back up the idea that the Niners went ahead and lost this game. They opened the game, five plays, 48 yards, two minutes, 45 seconds. They are marching down the field. They don't face a single third down. It's just big play after big play after big play. And then just like that, Christian McCaffrey – The all-world player for the Niners, the offensive player of the year, fumbles the football. Very rare, but a big-time player making a big-time mistake in a big-time spot. Mm. Defense comes out, gets a big three-and-out stop. They get the ball back. Trent Williams, their all-world left tackle, all pro. Two penalties back-to-back, false start and a hold kills the drive. They end up kicking it away. End of the first half, no one wants to talk about this. Why is Shanahan not calling timeouts when the Chiefs are down in the red zone? Mm-hmm. Call timeout. You were averaging over six yards per play. 6.9 yards per play is what the Chiefs average. 6.09. There are only two teams... I'm sorry, that's the Niners. Only two teams in the NFL that went all season averaging more than that per play. One of them was the Niners. That is an incredible average. 6.09 yards per play. They had it. He doesn't call the timeouts. He was content to go to the half. You go to the second half, they start with a lead... Eight passes in his first nine plays. He calls eight passes. The same mistake he made in the Super Bowl with Atlanta and the one against the Chiefs four years ago. Throwing when he should have been running. And then Mahomes throws an interception in the third quarter. Setting them up with great field position. And then there's the huge 15 yard penalty that moves them closer down the field, and they end up blowing the sequence and they end up punting. They don't even settle for a field goal attempt. And that's all before we get to the scenario where A, you could have stopped the final drive by the Kansas City Chiefs and won it there. Defense wasn't able to come up. And B, you could have gone to overtime and won it there, and you made the mistake of taking the ball first and playing conservative, kicking the field goal, and allowing Mahomes to go down and score. The Chiefs took advantage of the opportunities, but make no mistake about it. The Niners lost that football game more than the Chiefs won it.
0: I understand what you're saying. Uh, You're wrong, Um, but I get it. I get where you're coming from because I think you make some very valid points throughout. I think 100% on the Shanahan timeout situation uh, toward the end of the first half, opportunities were there were uh, for you to leave yourself a chance. Uh, Secondly, I also would look at that scenario where they got the interception and then they go three and out basically right after it with a penalty mixed in. And they're not even trying to run the ball. Like what bothered me specifically about Shanahan in the third quarter is that your best player is not touching the ball enough there. Christian McCaffrey needed to be touching the ball more. I think he had it twice out of like 13 or 14 plays. And all they did that entire quarter was pass the football and it didn't really work out. Three straight three and outs. Yeah, they got nothing going on there. So those two things are fair. My problem is, you can be a team like the 49ers and make mistakes like that through the course of the year, but you are just ultimately better than the other teams that you're playing. In other words, your margin for error against other teams is much larger. When you are a great team, you take advantage of situations. When the 49ers did not take advantage of all the different Chiefs' miscues, that tells me that that's a spot where you're not a great team. And then when given the opportunity on 49er miscues, the Chiefs did exactly what they needed to do. They did exactly what they needed to do. The game was there for the taking, but when you have the best player in the sport and he goes out there and he goes 16 of 24 from the beginning of the fourth quarter on for 158 yards and includes eight for eight on the final sequence, on the final series in overtime, you went and you won that game. You had a couple of other guys in the midst of that make some plays. You had Rasheed Rice make some plays. You had, Jason, uh, you had Travis Kelsey, rather, who had one catch for one yard in the first half. All of a sudden, you look up, and he's got eight, nine catches uh, altogether for the game. So to me, that's where they went and made plays. Now, not everybody's going to feel that way. Brock Purdy is not going to feel that way today. When you have a good offense like the Chiefs do and, and what Mahomes can do, you know, for us, it's it's like, all right, we have to score touchdowns. We had opportunities to do so, I think. Shot ourselves in the foot with just penalties and the operations and, and stuff. So I got to be better in terms of, you know, leading the guys and, and thinking how I handle things in the huddle and tell them, telling them, you know, what to expect, stuff like that. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think we have the team, the offense to to score touchdowns. And I think I failed
1: to put our team in position to do that.
0: To me, when you lose a game, as opposed to the other team wins the game, Joe, um, you lose it where you make mistakes that are just the most costly. These mistakes were mistakes, but they weren't the most costly and you were still very much in the game. The other com- team just com- made better plays.
2: Completely mismanaging overtime doesn't fall into that category? It's a mistake. It's a mistake. But Joe, let's call it what it was.
0: They also went down the field, kicked the field goal, and then the other team went right down the
2: field and beat you. Yeah, an- because, another mistake, because, though. You can't kick the field goal. But he had to do goal. it. No, he, he didn't have to do it he didn't to go have beat to you. He did to kick the field goal. You could have scored a touchdown. Brandon sure. Ayuk was wide open in the end zone. You missed him. You yep. missed a wide open touchdown what happens they gate that's the whole point to giving the game away you left mahomes hang around everything was there where you could put him away like brady and the in the buccaneers did a few years ago mahomes wasn't winning that game late because there was no opportunity to win it late McComb's didn't have an opportunity late to really win it against the Raiders on Christmas. They didn't leave him with an opportunity. The Niners made a ton of mistakes that left him with but, an opportunity. But let to win me that ask game. you
0: something though: You're talking about those mistakes. How much are we going to credit what was going on with the Kansas City defense in some of those spots? Because Chris Jones probably on two to three different plays prevented touchdowns.
2: They made plays. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to make plays. Down the plays field, to win they're
0: a Super making Bowl. big plays when they're swatting balls away. Like they made plays. That needed to be made to go win that game, too.
2: Absolutely. But if I tell you on Friday of last week that here's the only information you're going to have in this Super Bowl. Number one, Jake Moody. Little bit of a problem for the Niners this year. He's going to go three for three for field goals in this game. Two of them are going to be from 50-plus. One of them temporarily is going to be the all-time field goal record. Piece Mm -hmm. of information number two, Steve Keim. Another question mark, the defensive coordinator of the Niners, he's going to call the game of his life. Steve Wilks, excuse me. Steve Wilks is going to call the game of his life. He's going to have the defense ready to play the best football they've played in months. And then piece of information number three, Brock Purdy is going to have zero turnovers and take one sack. If that's all the information you have, you think the Niners win that game. Then you go in to all the other things that happen. McCaffrey fumbling the football. Debo, no showing in the game. Brandon Ayuk, no showing in the game. George Kittle, no showing in the game. The Kittle All one was these star players who were supposed to be part of one of the best, most explosive offenses in the NFL, they were nowhere to be found. Trent Williams, two inexcusable penalties back-to-back. He's supposed to be their all-world left tackle. Purdy was like the least of the concerns on offense. Those dudes couldn't get it going at all. The McCaffrey fumble early in the game was a killer. Not calling timeouts at the end of the half to give your team another chance, that's a killer. Making the boneheaded decision in overtime to take the ball first because you're really not sure of how the rules are going to play out, that's a killer. You left the door open for Kansas City and they walked through it, but you had every opportunity to keep Kansas City from that. You had Travis Kelsey Body bumping Andy Reid on the sideline. How often does that happen? You had LeJarius Sneed getting a 15-yard penalty. You had Rasheed Rice yelling at Mahomes on the sideline at the end of regulation. Those dudes were shook. They were shook in that game, and you did nothing to
0: take advantage of it. And all of that being said, they still came back and made the plays that they needed to make. One one more thing on the Ayuk wide open. How awkward would it have been, based on what we've heard from Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Juszczyk, Eric Armstead, how awkward would it have been if they actually hit IUK and they thought they won the game?
2: Yeah. That would have been, looked really weird. It, it oh would have looked God. probably similar in, in, in the opposite sense as to when the Chiefs scored the touchdown to win the game because that's not your typical we-just-won celebration. Yeah. It felt like a couple guys were looking around like, this is it, right? Like, we won it, right? We can celebrate, right? Not yep. to blame anybody, but it felt like all of us were a little confused as to what was going on there.
0: No, but, I mean, if you're like me, you root for a bit of chaos. Yeah, chaos is great. Chaos is amazing. Um, it's fantastic for Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> and I wanted chaos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as soon as we went to overtime and the whole world's like, wait, how does this play out? And then Romo and Nance and, and Steratore, they kind of did it, but they didn't go all the way with it. I mm. mean, there was less than a minute to go and we still weren't sure if the clock was going to run out if like that was the end. I was like, this is really casual from Kansas City. I'm assuming we play another quarter, but the broadcast didn't tell me at any point. I literally got a text from somebody who's covered the NFL for a long time this morning asking me, so if it had gone to zero, the Chiefs would have just switched sides, right? I got that this morning, 12 hours after the right. game ended. Like yeah. people everywhere had questions and we they, the broadcast needed to do more. They needed to keep driving it home. Well, and, and frankly, it should have been
0: a tip-off when
2: overtime started not with 10 minutes, but with 15 15. Or how yeah. about this? They win the toss and the, the ref makes it very clear. You're both getting a possession and Warner wins the toss. He goes, we'll take the ball. And immediately everyone who's had 12 or more beers on Twitter is like, why are they taking the ball? Yeah. Every half drunk on social media was 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 confused as to why they would take the ball. The only person who thought it was the right move was the head coach. Hey, the full drunks were confused, too. It's Carlin versus
0: Joe. ESPN Radio, 6 XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, what would be the biggest story today if the Chiefs had lost? You'll hear it next on ESPN Radio and on TuneIn.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Mahomes. He runs and he throws. Puck, touchdown. to caught the ball. The Chiefs have won their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back to back Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. Back to back is rare for this football team and this organization. So It's a great win It's because I know how hard it is to do. Y'all can call us a dynasty. You can call us whatever you guys want. I know what we got is something more special than really what you see in the NFL.
0: I'll tell you what, it's not an easy day in this household. Wife, a big 49ers fan, Ooh. not happy with what happened yeah. last night.
2: Yeah, it's tough.
0: Not at all. Not at all. And I, I, I will say this. Getting it done, by the way, is brought to you by Granger. And I know the Chiefs got it done, but you know who really got it done? Who's that? That's a big fella. Really got it done. The big man. Uh, I put her on a clinic yesterday cooking. Oh, my God. Oh, you. So good.
2: I, I was thinking about someone completely you different. You were thinking about Andy Reid. Yeah, no. someone who actually did something yesterday. No,
0: if, if you tasted my meatballs and sauce yesterday and my homemade mozzarella
2: sticks, oh, you would agree. It's a <clears throat> pass. Just because of the way you lay all that. You got to put something else in there that doesn't give me the imagery that you presented me with. You presented me with meatballs and mozzarella sticks. What do you think an immature mind goes to when someone says meatballs and mozzarella sticks? Boy, you don't need you to say really that.
0: You really are. That is a bit of a reach, and that is incredible. No, it incredible.
2: is not. There is at least one guy driving around who thought the same thing, like meatballs and mozzarella sticks. This guy, you know, it's Well, I'll tell you, you what.
0: They tasted amazing more than anything else. And that's what's important. But I'll tell you, if if the <laughs> if the 49ers had won that game, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey would be the moment of the night. That little bump in from Travis Kelsey to Andy Reed that was a heated moment, whether Kelsey wanted to stay on the field uh, based uh, to block in that scenario or whatever it was. Like, Kelsey really, he opened a lot of eyes with that move. It's not something that we have ever seen before, and I was, frankly, I was a little bit surprised. I don't think it was, I don't think it's nearly as bad as people make it out to be, uh, considering the situation and the moment, but we'd be talking a heck of a lot more about it today if, in fact, they had lost the game. Let's
2: hear from Andy Reid on it. Why not? Yeah. C- <laughs> it's a very different conversation if they lose that game. Yes. Very different conversation. The thing with this is, it feels like there's a line in terms of this discussion as to people who played and people who didn't. Because there was very clearly an anti Kelsey sediment that was making its way around the, the world wide web, as some would say, in the wake of that. Because there are a lot of people who haven't been in those situations before high pressure, high leverage all those endorphins, testosterone, whatever it may be flowing to the point where like, you might go over the line a little bit even though your intent wasn't to do that. Like Reed clearly understands the stakes. He's been around this a long time. He gets it. It's not the end of the world. He knows that, that Kelsey meant no harm. But this is also a guy who before the game, the report came out, and this is Kelsey I'm talking about, gave some impassioned speech in the locker room in which he was moved to tears and moved a lot of people to tears. So he was clearly wired for business coming into this game and early on with all the frustrations boiling over it's kind of understandable something like that can happen but I can also see a segment of the population having never been anywhere near a scenario like this thinking that was completely out of line I think ultimately what do we do we just leave it to them right who are we to judge the situation well
0: as long as they were comfortable with what happened I don't have a problem with it and I'm certainly not going to make something bigger of it uh, than needs to be. But to the bigger thought process about what was going on with the Chiefs, like it was just another example of how ready they were to be picked off. Because there were a couple of spots where you saw all of that emotion come out. And what does that tell you? It tells you that a team is rattled in what's going on right? It, I mean, the Rasheed Rice thing that you talked about a few minutes ago that they're screaming and yelling about after they just kicked a field goal to tie the game. I mean, he's going nuts on the sideline, and Mahomes is basically telling him to, you know, shut the blank up, and they're screaming and yelling at each other on the defensive side. Uh, Chris Jones were, were absolutely shooting ourselves in the foot here. All those different moments, it made it look like that they were rattled in the moment.
2: So look at, let's look at it like this. The Super Bowl champions started the game with the following nine possessions. I'm going to read off the first nine possessions, and you tell me if this sounds like a dynasty. You tell me if this sounds like a team winning a Super Bowl. First nine possessions for the Kansas City Chiefs. Three plays, eight yards, punt. Second possession. Four plays, ten yards, punt. Third possession. Five plays, 66 yards, lost fumble. Fourth possession. Three plays minus three yards punt. Fifth possession, 13 plays, 65 yards field goal. Sixth possession, three plays minus two yards interception. Seventh possession, three plays, nine yards punt. Eighth possession, nine plays, 47 yards field goal. Ninth possession, three plays, eight yards punt. That team won the Super Bowl. Won the Super Bowl with those opening nine possessions. That quick math gives me six punts, two field goals, and a turnover. Actually, five punts, two turnovers, and two field goals. That's your opening nine possessions of the team that won the Super Bowl. Hard to sit here and say Andy Reid did a great job. Hard to sit here and say the Niners didn't do anything but flush that game down the toilet.
0: It's interesting you bring that up with Reid. He didn't have the greatest game. No. He, he, you know, there was not a lot of coaching one another going on other than earlier in the game, Shanahan was doing all right. Um, I, I didn't think it was a massive mismatch at times, but I, I, I was curious as to why Andy Reid calls a timeout after a horrible spot and then didn't bother to challenge with the possibility that he could get it back. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Because that spot was clearly so bad. I mean, the spotting was bad all night. But there were a couple of instances where he could have done that.
2: Well, the one and, where and they called feel like he was the, at his best. The there. one where they called the timeout, but not to challenge. Yeah. So they burned a timeout and For no they reason, didn't basically. end up challenging, and then they got stuffed, and then they ended up, what, getting rid of the ball? Like yeah. there was there was a lot of stuff in there that would make you scratch your head. I, late in the game. Kicking that field goal, eh, that could have come back to get him as well. They, they should have been considering playing just to try to put that thing away. But ultimately, it worked out because the other team, despite everything we've laid out, found a way to make even more mistakes in high leverage spots. It is just if you are a fan of the Niners, if you are a member of the Niners, this is going to be a tough one to shake. Because that game was there. They were ripe for the picking. Buffalo had him on the ropes and couldn't close. The Niners had him on the ropes and couldn't close.
0: But I think to your point, something you said earlier in the show, it's 100% accurate. Patrick Mahomes is the best closer in the game. Based on that. It's Mariano Rivera, man. He really is. He is the best closer in the game. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Next is your opportunity to get through on the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Did you know the rules going into overtime that they were changing? And secondly, did the Chiefs win this game or did the 49ers lose this game? 888-729-3776. Lines are open. We hear from you next. Did the 49ers... Really have any clue led by their head coach about what those OT rules were? We'll discuss after I tell you about this from our friends at Indeed Joseph. It's a perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. There's no better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Nix the hassle, start hiring indeed.com slash credit.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe Podcast on ESPN Radio. going to roll to his right throws. Touchdown. The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Our team's hurting, but that's how it goes when you put yourself out there. I'm real proud of our guys. I thought our guys played so hard today. Not everything was perfect, by no means, but if I'm going to lose with a group of guys. Let's do it with those guys anytime.
0: It starts with Coach, man. That's that's who I hurt for. And I hurt for all the other guys. Our whole team it hasn't been easy. And, you know, for it to go like that, where it's, it's close at the end and it's tough, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. It is pretty damning, though, when it feels like the coach didn't know what the rules were going into overtime. And I I can listen to Kyle Shanahan all you want. When I hear the players talk about how it was something that they were not prepared for, that they hadn't even discussed all week, it makes me think that the coach was not aware of what the rules were. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Let's... Get to some of your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 Jamal in North Carolina going to start us first on ESPN Radio. Boys, I need you to punch him up. Uh, Jamal, what's up, buddy?
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy Super Bowl Monday. You
0: too. Should be a holiday.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. Um, I just want to touch on uh, you know, the whole decision for the 49ers to take the ball first. Um, to answer your question, I mean, I want to say maybe. I don't think they were prepared for it. Um, it's just hard to believe at that level in a game of that magnitude that they wouldn't be. But um, my main point is, I when I thought about it during the game, I was like, this is probably a good thing to let Brock Purdy take the ball first. Because I just couldn't imagine, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to go down the field, he's going to do Patrick Mahomes things regardless. So putting Brock Purdy second and then having to match that, I was like, you know, maybe it's better and takes the weight off his shoulders if he gets the ball first. You know, you just do the best you can. Um, cause, uh, again, I just think the magnitude of that game and having Brock have the match uh, at Mahomes is almost an impossible task.
0: Well, yeah, at the same time, though, I think we would agree that Brock Purdy actually played pretty well in the game. Like, Joe, there was never a point where I felt like the moment was too big for Brock Purdy, and that was from the beginning.
2: He had... A decent amount of errant throws. He only completed 60% of his passes. And you could tell that while the Chiefs only got to him once, they had him on his back foot quite a bit where he was throwing off balance and then missing receivers down the field. Now that's but, a way to But ne- was
0: that on him or was that more on the offensive line missing assignments? Because that happened a few times.
2: Well, it's on both. Get the ball out quicker or scramble out and buy more time, find a way. And then there were times where, of course, the Chiefs are getting pressure and things are gonna break down. But, you know, at some point, you can make the big play if you want. You can go out and make the big play. They didn't have a whole lot of those. Their best offensive play was a wide receiver throwing a touchdown pass, not Brock Purdy. That was the best offensive play of the day for the Niners. But that said, he took one sack and he didn't turn the ball over. So you can't ultimately sit here today and say, man, Purdy's the reason they lost that game. We spent two weeks breaking this guy down. He pretty much turned out to be a game manager in that game. And that's not a knock, but he was good enough for them to win that game. The stars didn't show up. McCaffrey had a huge fumble early in that game when they could have set the tone. Trent Williams had back-to-back monster penalties to kill the second drive of that game when they had the Chiefs on the ropes. George Kittle went MIA. Debo Samuel, MIA. Brandon Ayuk three receptions for the entire game. Those guys were nowhere to be found in that game. A lot of that's the Kansas City defense. A lot of it is stars not showing up when they needed them to show up. Here's Kyle Shanahan,
0: by the way, on the decision that he made to take the football first in overtime.
1: This is something we talked about. With none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. But both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and we got that field goal. So we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal. And if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. Yeah,
0: but listen to Chris Jones, and when he is asked about the. Decision and what they thought about it.
1: What through your mind when they say they want this ball to start overtime? They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because the overtime rules has changed, where both teams get the ball, no matter who scores. So, you know, uh, originally you want to let you want to let the other team get the ball, stop them holding the three, so you know where you got. Or if you stop them, and they punt it. Then all you have to do is kick three.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, when I listen to Shanahan. We heard check earlier. We heard Eric Armstead earlier saying they didn't talk about it all week. They didn't know about what the rules were. I don't think Shanahan knew. I don't believe him. This I don't is, think he knew.
2: This is what kills the analytics movement because he throws the word, yeah, the, we, we went through the analytics. Did you? Number yeah. one, if you went through the analytics, how come you didn't explain it to your team? Because Maybe ultimately, the analytics is just a nice convenient excuse after the fact. Well, it tries to make it sound smart. Like, we, yeah, yeah. we did the analytics, so the decision was good. Well, there's no one in the analytics com- community today that's standing up saying that's a good decision. Yeah. No one. I mean, you went through whatever it is you went through. I think it was a situation where overtime happened one time in 57 previous Super Bowls, so you thought it might not happen. What's ironic is that the one time it happened was the Super Bowl where he was the offensive coordinator <laughs> of the Falcons. So you would think if, if there's anyone prepared for the opportunity to go to overtime in a game where the point spread is two, so Vegas is telling you it's probably going to be a tight game, they should have been prepared. His team clearly wasn't prepared. Ultimately, that's on him. His job is to have them prepared. And then when they got there, for him to say analytics said take the ball first, there's no one that's going to agree with that. Because when you have the ball first, you need the touchdown. Or else you open up the door to a wide range of disastrous outcomes for you. But if you have the ball second, you consistently know what you need to do. Think of it like this. Shanahan played the first possession like you'd normally play a possession. We're going to have three downs, and if it doesn't look good, we're going to punt or kick a field goal depending on where we are on the field. That means you need to average 3.3 yards per play to get a first down. Okay. now Mm -hmm. when you're the Chiefs and you know exactly what you need, which is a touchdown to win or a field goal to tie, you understand that until you're in field goal range, you have four downs to get a first down. That means two point five yards per play. You have a thirty three percent edge over them in terms of what you need to do with each play. And you're telling me Shanahan's analytics said that San Francisco should take the ball first. So you're telling me you want to be in a spot where you have to average 3.3 yards per play rather than 2.5 yards per play. Someone needs to explain that to me because the math doesn't add up.
0: Quickly, let's hit Leonard and Fort Myers next on ESPN Radio. Leonard, what's going on, buddy?
1: Your show. Hey,
0: You know, I think it's interesting how Patrick Mahomes passed 10 to 13 quarterbacks to put him third all-time right now as the greatest quarterback of all time and how uh, Tom Brady is only going to get a cup of coffee with that moniker. Joe Montana was known as the greatest quarterback for over a quarter of a century. Tom Brady didn't win his fifth Super Bowl until February of 2019. Brady's not even going to go to the Hall of Fame known
1: as universally the greatest quarterback of all time, and I just think that it's hilarious.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, I think that's its an interesting thought if you're a Brady hater and it's certainly something that would make you smile. I I think he will make it to the Hall of Fame, still known as the greatest quarterback of all time. Well,
2: now hold on. Brady's got four more years. I know.
0: He's got four more years. So
2: what if Mahomes wins two more Super Bowls in that time and ups himself to five? Five Super Bowls in six tries. Let's just say two of the years he doesn't win it, two of the years he does, and he's at five in six tries as Brady's going in. Does he
0: go to the other two? Does he go to the Super Bowl the next four years? This just came to me, two? so I hadn't
2: really thought all that through. Yeah. Let's say he goes to the AFC Championship in one mm. and loses, and we'll say he loses in the divisional round of the other. I,
0: I, I still think for the moment, even when he gets in, if he won the next four, that would be another discussion. <laughs> If he won the next four, it would be another discussion. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. But for the Brady haters, that is something that they have to be enjoying today. Like the possibility that this guy could just go through and absolutely ruin everything for Brady, and he won't even be 34 yet.
2: To be clear, Carlin's saying that if Mahomes can win six straight Super Bowls, he's in the conversation. That's what it sounds like there. Well, if he wins the next four, it's a conversation.
0: Overtime changed everything in Vegas, and we're not talking about the game itself being at Allegiant Stadium. I don't even know what that means, but it's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Just taste a win. It tastes so good. Until one player lets you down. Don't believe the hype. Don't, 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 don't believe the hype. This is Public Enemy number one. Don't believe the
0: hype. So easy to get taken out by one guy. It's just the worst. It's just absolutely the worst. And what happened yesterday, Joe? By a simple kneel down. Somebody did some damage. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Uh, did you take it on the chin, on the Brock Purdy taken knee, which then negates the over on Brock Purdy rushing yards?
2: Kind of, because I played it at eleven and a half, and then I played it again at twelve and a half. And for those who are unaware of what we're talking about, 49er quarterback Brock Purdy had a rushing prop in yesterday's game that closed right around 12 and a half yards. Well, here's the good news. Purdy got the 13 rushing yards courtesy of a nine-yard scramble and a four-yard scramble. Mm -hmm. He was sitting right on the magic number. We were at the end of the game. He took a knee, lost a yard, went from 13 yards to 12 yards, went to overtime, didn't run the ball again, landed on 12 any prop played at over 11.5 ended up being a loser for the overs. So, um, so do that we was make a Brock challenge.
0: Purdy though in that spot,
2: public enemy number
0: one, or is it Shanahan for not running a play?
2: I, I find it hard to blame Purdy. A lot of times when we talk about public enemy number one, we're talking about a boneheaded move, a bad decision, something that cost you the bet for a reason that is outside of the conventional way of thinking or the correct way of thinking. Mm -hmm. This is taking a knee in a spot where everybody's taking a knee, right? Right. So how do we blame him for that? Now, Mahomes, a few years ago in the Super Bowl, who was running around, taking three knees in a row, losing 10 yards every single time he did it, that's a public enemy right there. Because he could have just taken a casual knee three times and been fine, but he had to run backwards and try to kill the clock, which is what ended up ruining that bet in the Super Bowl. Agreed. There's
0: nothing worse than the shotgun take a knee which some Uh, teams do uh, the shotgun take a knee when you lose four yards but there is someone who is willing to blame purdy in all of this and it's the guy who i guess fittingly suggested that we do this segment today because he well he wagered on it evan wilner your thoughts how bad was this for you
1: not bad
2: But it was annoying because I had a winner and it turned into a loser. Here's where I'll blame. (laughs) I I had a winner. I don't blame Purdy for the kneel down. I blame Purdy because in overtime, he had a lane to gain about four yards rushing kind of hesitated and threw an incomplete pass. There was a play in overtime. I know this because I was yelling at my TV, just run it and get three yards, and he threw an incompletion. That's where I'll blame Purdy. I don't blame him for the kneel down. I blame him for his poor decision in overtime to not run the ball when he threw an incompletion. The prop game's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game when you lock in on some of these guys. Here's here's the here's the good side. Like we talked last week, one of the winners we gave out Kyle Juszczek over half a reception, over three and a half yards. Second play of the game, little boot action. Get it out to Uzczyk. He goes for 10 or so yards, two winners right there. Easy peasy, right? But there are so many, so many that can yeah. go the other way horrifically. Like we had under, and again, this is a winner, but we had under four and a half receptions on Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. He wasn't catching anything, but he had one late in the game to get to three, and then it goes overtime. And I go, You gotta be kidding me. This damn game is gonna go overtime, and a deadbolt winner is gonna turn into a loser because of overtime, which is exactly what happened to anybody who bet the under in this game late in the process, because it closed 46 and a half. The total, the over under, however you know it. That game was a dead shot under. A rocking chair winner, as we call it in the industry. Zero points after the first quarter. Only 13 points at the half. And it ends up scoring exactly 47 because of the nine points scored in overtime. A brutal beat, but a lesson. 47 and 47 and a half We're out there for two weeks at every book leading into that game. If you played 46 and a half, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but you got the absolute worst of it, and as a result, you ended up losing that bet. And that sucks. But that highlights the importance of getting the best of the number, and it's why winning 53% of the time is what's required to offset the juice in this racket. And and to that point, like,
0: this is why early in the week we were talking about some bets. Get in now. Yeah. Get in now. Well, the numbers are what they are. And I was fortunate enough uh, to get in at 47 and a half. Unfortunately, I had tied that into a little parlay.
2: And, and there uh, we go. What was the parlay? What was the other leg? Uh, the other, uh, there was. And I'm sure it, it was legs plural. It was
0: a three leg parlay. Of course it was. All right, relax. It was not a terrible parlay. Um, take me through it. It was Chiefs win on the money line. It was that, the under, at 47 and a half. And it was Kelsey anytime touchdown.
2: Mm. Okay, what so you got a, a l- of, little aggressive a there. Nice little payout, off. though. Nice little payout because that's plus money on Kelsey scoring a touchdown.
0: Yes. yeah, I think it was probably around plus 400 altogether. So it wasn't
2: massive. I wasn't taking huge risks. But think of it like this. Didn't get there. You play them all individually. You're two and one and you're up money. Okay. That's but just another way to look at it.
0: Can I give you one other one that bothered me before we get to the big one that bothered a lot of people? I'm going to give you one that bothered me as well. Go ahead. Okay. Nick Bosa not getting a sack. Now, I listened. I, 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 I He had listened, a good game, too. Jo- Joe, he had 10 quarterback pressures. Ooh. 10 quarterback and pressures. And Chase Young had a sack. That was like plus 400. And, and if you remember, the Bosa had a sack in the backfield wrapped up, and somehow Mahomes slid forward, and then Hargrave took him down and got credit oh, for the sack.
2: Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That's a t- I'm sorry to hear that. That is a tough one. That was a kick in the pit. We should open up the phone lines at some point today and just have everyone call, therapy yeah. session, call in with your worst beats. I um, th- th- This one, mm. this one's a winner. Like I had the under at 47 and a half, but I got to tell you, when we got to overtime and I started figuring out the rules – Your boy was having serious – I was having serious chest pains. And, like, normally that should be (laughs) something where, yeah, we should laugh and make fun of it. That's not a healthy way to live. Like, we got into that game. That was a – that thing was a – that thing was a dead shot under. I didn't have to worry about any of that until the OT sequence. And I'm looking at this. I go, if the damn Niners score a touchdown here, I'm going to be all types of jammed up if the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown. Like, it's over. It's over for me. I needed to go from – A lock, a lockadini, as you would say, Mm. to a miracle to be able to cash that ticket. And all the while, the kids were in bed. My wife was in bed because it was late. I'm like lightheaded. I got chest pains. It's no no good. It was no good. (laughs)
0: He got lightheaded it, and chest yeah.
2: pain. It may have been a winner, but it was no, it was no good. That is no way to live. Oh perhaps my god. perhaps the gambling god sending a message. Well, we
0: got to get you some, maybe your body's sending you a message. Like, dude, we need some nitroglycerin
2: pills here. The message is we're playing the under in the uh, Clippers game tonight. That's the yeah, message. Of course we are.
0: Clippers, T-wolves are going to go under there. One last one,
2: though. The odds of the
0: game going to overtime? Ooh. 11 to 1 yeah. at ESPN Bet. Multiple, multiple sports books reported lopsided action on the game going to OT. Well, so they take a beating on that one.
2: Good. Because you're not going to have anyone walk in going, I'd like to play the no OT at minus 3,500, please. <laughs> I mean, there's some people that do stuff like that. They wheel it into a parlay, but that. That one, the safety and the missed extra point are always popular ones, and you got a missed extra point and an OT last night. Only two OTs yeah. in history. Those odds should be fifteen to one. Fifteen to one would be true odds. You play eleven to one, you're not getting the best of it anywhere close. The books know they can get you, but to those who ended up playing it, good on you for getting after them.
0: Boy, I tell you, there were some bad ones last night. Oh, there, of there were some real, real tough ones, and I personally went over oh. on the night or the goose egg. Ugh.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.